everybody. It's Sue Bidstrup with the Great Big Yes podcast. Welcome. I am so glad that you're here. And on this podcast, I encourage you to say yes to a greater calling in your life, to live with passion and purpose, and to make a difference in the world. And I'm excited for today because today is one of the interview days. Um, If you'll notice, if you've been listening to me for a while, I used to do interviews every episode. And I've gone to kind of changing that a little bit where I'm doing a lot of coaching and teaching on the podcast. And so I'm not having as many interviews. But I am having an interview today and I'm super excited to bring this to you. This is my friend Wendy Landon. And she is just an awesome human being. You're going to be so excited to meet her and get to know her today. She's an author and she wrote a book called You Are My Beloved. Discovering the Grace and Identity and Original Design. It's a beautiful devotional. And so you're going to want to go to Amazon and grab that book for sure. And I'm going to put in the show notes all the ways that you can reach out to Wendy. She's open and wants to meet you and talk to you and share with you. And this is just really such a blessing and a gift today. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. If you want to reach out to me, I'm at greatbigyes.com or greatbigyes1 at gmail.com. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Wendy Landon. Enjoy. Okay, so I'm so excited. Hi, Wendy. How are you? I am so great. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you here. So um, let's just jump in right away and tell everybody about your book because I just downloaded your book and I love it. It's so awesome. It's called You Are My Beloved. But tell us what it's all about. Uh, Thank you, Sue. I'm glad you got it. I'm glad you're loving it. And I pray God's just meeting you on every single page and drawing closer to his heartbeat for you because that is the intention over the book um so all okay long beautiful backstory um and yet it is so close to my heart that it's just fresh to me so um, may it be to you as well so actually i'm going to take us back to when i was 10 years old because i think this is something to explore for each one of us, no matter where we're at, is it isn't about looking back, it's about actually looking at what has become our beautiful normal. Because in that place of normal, we can start seeing um, our gifting, where we're holding, anointing, what we're passionate about, what um, could bring us into, what is being cultivated to bring us into our tomorrows. Um, We can start seeing some of those things. So I I like to encourage a curiosity over our normal. Because I think that too, um, as entrepreneurs, as creatives, um, as people who have passion projects, who are like so beautifully have a heart for something of change, whatever it is, that those become our normal. So it's like, okay, let's be curious about that space if we're wondering what to do with what is on our heart. So actually, I remember when I was 10 years old, which is really interesting because at 10 years old, I didn't have the verbiage. I didn't have the context. I didn't even have the relationship with Jesus at this point. So growing up, I grew up in a home that um, shared who God was. We read Bible stories. I had a good um, heart around who God was. I I didn't have any 
context for for a Jesus connection and who he was. I knew who he was from Bible stories, but I didn't didn't know him personally. So this particular story I find really profound looking back on because it just shows me that God had his sights on me from the very, very beginning. Of course he is. Of course he does. He does that for all of us. Um, So I remember this. We lived on a farm. I was outside. I was near this one lilac bush that I was always around. My context, God lived above the cloud. That's where heaven was. Um, And so I was always fascinated by the sky and looking up at the clouds, finding shapes. I perceived all those shapes as not only wondrous, but also little gifts from God. Like it was just this cute 10 year old capacity. Yep. And yeah. And I remember, um, getting this incredible download as I was being mesmerized by the sky and, and that, you know, context being mesmerized by all of it and in this sweet space. And I remember getting this incredible download into my spirit, again, having no verbiage, no context for this. And yet I knew it was a done deal and uh, which kind of blew me away. I didn't know how to process it. And it was this place that I received that one day I would write a book that it would matter and that it would change people's lives. And I'm at 10 again, like, what do I know at 10? Nothing other than I received it. I just received it. It became part of who I was from that moment forward. And so I I stop you for a second because I'm very curious about this. So say you're 10 and I know that some people listening might be wondering about this as well. So you said that you received it. Like how did that show up? Like, was it in your body? Was it a thought or was it a feeling or how did you receive it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I'm very far into my, you know, I'm, I'm midlife, I'm 46. So looking back at 10 years old, I didn't, I, I can say these things now at right. 10, I couldn't have said any of them. Right. <laughs> and I, that's a really important thing to notice is, you know, especially if we have a 10 year old kiddo who's coming to us with something and we're like, uh, how does that work? Uh, for me personally, <laughs> for me personally, it was just something that, um, I just, I just knew. So I just knew it in my spirit. I knew it in just kind of this, this place that just kind of felt close to my heart. So I don't know, would that be in my body? Perhaps um, it came with an emotion because it's, I remember it surprising me. Oh, but, like that. Okay. So it did yeah. surprise you. Yes. Yeah. And did you put it away for a while or was this something that did it light a fire where you were always passionate about writing after that? And that's, that's an excellent question. And that's actually what leads into the rest of this. Okay, good. (laughs) Yeah. Because again, no context at 10 and I didn't put my weight in it. I mean, what do I know at 10? I I can only dream about my future. I have no context for my future yet. So what that did for me was it, it surprised me and it just brought an awareness to me that there was something spoken in my heart while I was communing with God. That's what surprised me was this, this is like the first interaction I remember having with the Lord. And again, no context for it. So it's not like I could verbalize it at the time. I just knew it happened and carried on with my life. I didn't talk about it because again, no words for that. So interesting. What that did though for me was now all of a sudden I was interested in 
things uh, that might create that. So I wasn't trying to create a book. I was just interested in books. I was interested in writing. I was interested in language. I was interested in creative things. I was, I did well in English. I wasn't excellent by any stretch of the imagination, but I liked it. And right. so there was, there was something about in my normal. And I think that's where this invitation comes is like looking for those places in our normal. They became normal to me. Mm -hmm. interest. Um, and so that carried on. I've always been a journaler, you know, that kind of thing. These were like path of least resistance things. Um, yeah. Journaling, reading in season. I'm not an avid reader and yet I will, you know, savagely read <laughs> for a few months and like just devour books yeah. and then, pause. you know, that's my style. Yeah. Um, things like that. And so it was like, that's an interesting thing. And I think, um, and that, again, that's where my, my invitation around looking at normal, like what are we interested in? So, so I, can I, I ask you another question real quick? I hate to interrupt, but I'm curious because oh. you were looking at you. So this was the first time you felt like you talked to God and you were looking at the, you know, your context you said was like God in heaven on the clouds. Like that was my context yeah. as a little girl as well. And yeah. I used to swing on my swing and look at the sky. And I remember thinking of God, but I don't know that I thought of myself as like, having a spiritual conversation or something being a spiritual invitation, but you mentioned that this was your first interaction with God. Were you aware of that or is this something you're cognizant of now, but you wouldn't have been able to say that then? Or were you like aware? Like were you, would you say at the time you were actually like praying or trying to talk to God or no? Um, probably in an innocence of a child. Okay. So I, I couldn't have defined it as God told me. There, yeah. there was nothing like that in that story whatsoever. It was just literally this, this deep space in my heart, mind, soul, and strength, and this place <laughs> in my spirit that just received something that knocked kind of on, like surprised me um, in my innocence. And um, I, I didn't even know if it came from God. I just know that at that time, I do know now, but at that time, um, it was just literally, uh, I was being mesmerized by the sky and oh lord look at not even like the how i talk now like oh yeah. lord look what you're creating i didn't have verbiage like that it was just kind of like in awe and watching what god was doing not okay, so on that note i feel like the kids nowadays miss out so much on the amount of hours we used to spend yeah. staring at the sky yeah and just doing nothing Right. Yeah. And we had a swing in our backyard and we had a trampoline and I would lay on the trampoline and just look up at the sky. And I remember like hours of this. And I think my kids have really never done that. It's like such a lost art. <laughs> <laughs> and so much good stuff comes from these times of just letting our mind kind of wander. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're actually built for that. You know, knowing what we know now, um, our minds need moments of rest. They need moments of imagination. They need moments of awe. They need right. just to take information in, in this flowy kind of place and a sky just offers that. It's just wondrous. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I agree with you. That was, that was a sweet space in, in my life growing up. I still love the sky looking at it. And, um, yeah, so it's just, it's a sweet thing. And God's just really, 
um, in this place now with this book and having it published, he just really reminded me of that beginning place where he sent his invitation, whether I was cognizant of it or not. Um, he sent his invitation. He birthed something in me. He planted that seed and he invited me just to hold it and just to partner with what he wanted to do in my lifetime. Again, my brain may not have known that. It might not have been a cognitive thought, um, but it literally was in like, it, I would say in my spirit, I just received something and just held it. You know, it was that kind of feeling um, and truth. And looking back, um, I receive it in Jesus name. <laughs> right? Amen. So, and what it makes me, reminds me of, and I, I think of this a lot, is that if, if he has a plan for you and a purpose for you, it's, yeah. it's coming. And I tell people this all the time that I work with who are afraid they might miss their chance. Mm. And there's this real fear about creating or making, making things happen. And I'm a three on the Enneagram. And so I get that. Like I'm a doer. I'm an achiever. What are you on the Enneagram? I actually haven't done the test, but oh, okay. um, we talked about I, it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it, that's my next question for you is like, personality wise, did you feel like, when did you start, I guess, cog, you know, cognizantly like working on the book? Like, does, is this something that happened 40 years later? You know what I mean? I guess not 40, but 30 years later, or when did you start writing this book that you published? Totally. All right. So there's a whole lifetime of interest around it and, you know, some lots of things that I've been writing over the years, but this particular project, this particular book, um, was one of those moments where, you know, I came to Christ in my, my early twenties and walking this out with the Lord and, and being aware now that this is something he has seeded in me. This is something that he has planned and purposed me for being aware of that and holding it open-handedly before the Lord going, I'm willing when you want to do this. Mm. And so giving him my first great big yes, legit. Yeah. Uh, I, I know there's something in me, Lord. And I think this is where a lot of us find ourselves is I know there's something in me. I can feel it. I just, I, I've got it. I know it, but yet it doesn't come out. And so it's this holding that exact thing, this deep seated thing within you that you know is there and holding it before the Lord and going, when you are ready, Lord, you have my yes. You have my great big yes, and I will partner with you. Now, that is a scary prayer. Yeah. <laughs> that is a really big deal because when God does something, it always stretches our humanity. It will always stretch us to the ends of our capability. It will always draw us to a new invitation. And so um, that, because that's an unknown thing at the moment, is um, can feel a bit scary. But then as soon as we do that, and that's like that breaking of the glass ceiling idea, um, as soon as we do that, there is just this un un hinderedness around some levels of process. And so fast forward to a few years ago. So three years ago, I was actually taking um, a master's program with the Holy Yoga uh, Global and Foundation, and I was doing their master's. And at that point, they had a uh, project at the end. I'm not sure how it's structured now, but there was a project at the end. And one of the options that I could do was a writing project. And I thought, oh, perfect. I love writing. I'll just write some, you know, a nice little devotional series. It'll be great. Um, my sites were just project only. Like it wasn't like I was yeah, anyways. Fast you were just doing it for that. You weren't thinking ahead like, and I want to get published. 
That's right. That was right. not in context at all yet. Okay. So at the same time that I was doing that year long program, I was also um, independently and with a group of friends, we were studying redemptive gifting. Now, redemptive gifting is um, not necessarily a biblical term. If you look up Arthur Burke, and there's a few other people who have done such incredible work around this, um, it's that beginning stage when God breathed into Adam, this, this place where he literally became image-bearing of God himself, and therefore all of us, this place where um, intimacy, our very DNA is wired for uh, that. I could talk about that this whole, whole time together. That's um, so awesome. And I'm so glad you're touching on this because when I read when I read the beginning of your book and you, you mentioned Arthur Burke that you were doing his work. And I was like, wait, who's that? What? Like, I feel like I'm going to go down a path here. I'm really excited about. <laughs> yay, yay. I encourage all of us to do it because I think this is where freedom lies. Um, or a huge portion of our freedom lies is in our original design. And so yeah. what God just invited me into, and I became so, like hungry for this information. Like it was just such a passion project of learning and just taking it all in. And God was doing this incredible thing within me, just unpacking all of this within me before he ever asked me to pour it out. Mm -hmm. um, and so taking all of that in and just cultivating of this original design place, his heartbeat from the very, very beginning, his very good idea, each and every one of us. And so that there um, just sparked something in me that birthed this um, project that I was working on. And so here I was learning about redemptive gifting and God's heartbeat for his beloved us, each and every one of us, no matter where we are in our relationship with the Lord, um, no matter what that place there he he was birthing all of that cultivating all of that and creating all of this and giving me such a passion for it that it was pouring out on pages so each devotional literally was this intensely wonderful space where I would learn and learn and learn and learn and it would get all cultivated heart mind soul and strength within me he would teach me first then I would come to my computer and it depended on timing. Like it was a really interesting process. Yeah. I would come to my computer and it was like an ultimate download. And so I would just like sit down and type for like six hours straight, barely come up for breath. And it was just amazing that particular intense experience. Yeah. And then I would spend the next, you know, however long with it, editing and reworking and all the things mm -hmm. that go with that initial, um, brain dump. <laughs> and so that was, that was literally the process with each and every one. And so by the time that I had studied all seven and what God um, did with each one of those, so he gave, because each redemptive gifting is so um, beautifully nuanced, there's so many details within us that are wondrous, that are so incredible because God knit them together. He literally personalize this such oh my gosh like it's, it's mind-blowing when we start seeing ourselves and seeing others the way god sees us it is oh, a game changer. so awesome i love it so beautiful. can you name the seven like i know it says it in your i read it and there was like seven giftings right 
Yeah, yeah. So this is our beginning place, our original design. So these, um, I just want to be really beautifully, invitingly clear that the name of these do not describe the anointings um, we understand with the Holy Spirit, nor the offices. So these, so these names don't necessarily mean that you are walking out the gifting portion. Does that make sense? So yes. like prophet, for example, a prophet redemptive gift isn't necessarily a prophet. Okay. So um, same with like teacher and servant. Okay. So there's, <laughs> I'll go through them. So yeah. prophet and teacher and servant, um, exhorter, giver, ruler, and mercy. Awesome. So again, those seven are beginning places. And if we look Oh my gosh, we could talk forever about this, yeah. but I encourage you to uh, look up redemptive gifting and, yeah. and take some time with each one. There's, it's just, it's fascinating. Um, yeah, I wouldn't do justice trying okay. to. Okay, so I mean, that's awesome little intro into that. I love it because everyone can kind of go look at that on their own. I love offering things to, if people are curious, just to dig deeper into that. Um, okay, so God, you're downloading, you're experiencing yeah. it. I love that you're saying that God let you experience it and you received it before you were to share it. And I think that's one of those things for us that um, is really important, like that we receive it fully and we kind of embody it before we can go and teach it or share it or write about it. And I think many of us want to jump that, jump that step. Like it's, I want to write a book, so I'm just going to write a book. But you, you don't want to spend the time experiencing it, right? Like I always joke, I started uh, Great Big Yes in 2010. It's 2020, and I feel like I'm just getting started. Well, for the last 10 years, it's been nothing but like these deep experiences that he wants me to use. But I wasn't ready in 2010 to use them. Amen. Oh, my goodness. That is such a profound point. And yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that, that's that encouragement of holding things loosely in your hands. When God's ready, he'll do, he'll prepare you for it and he'll prepare every detail that needs to be happening around that to walk us through our process, but always know there's a process, right? And so that was that, that absolutely is a profound truth to receive for each one of us, no matter where we're at, entrepreneurially, creatively, just in even our own personal walks with the Lord, there's so much that he wants to do within us first so that um, he can pour out and through us. And so that's profound. Yes. Um, and yeah, so back to this downloading and writing, downloading and writing. And so then I turned it in as the project that it was. Yeah. And I was then looking at it again, open-handedly before the Lord going, wow, Lord, like this is, this is incredible. What you and I've done, is or what him and I did let's put it in context um him and I did um right. was just so profound so beautiful and I'm like Lord if you want to take this somewhere else then let's I, again you have my great big yes because it's going to take a great big one to do something <laughs> I have no context for yeah I have no idea how to publish a book I have no idea where even to turn I have no idea who to talk to I have no idea if this is publishable Right. <laughs> and so I'm like, but I also know what you spoke in me a really long time ago. So if this happens to be that, then I give you my yes. Awesome. And, and I think that is the, that surrendered place is the beginning of, or it has been for my process anyways, the beginning of 
literally a breaking of the glass ceiling. That place where it just like opens up something I never knew existed. I never had any anything around. Um, and it just opens that up and makes now available, which is a really interesting thing. So, um, so that that led then into this heartbeat of going, yeah, we're going to pursue publishing. I'm like, holy moly. Okay, cool. How do I do that? And um, literally all he laid on my heart was to look up um, specifically some, he gave me like a word or two around how to find a publisher. And so I just Googled it. Like yeah. it was that simple. And, and then you just reach out, like you made a phone call or send an email. That's it. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Having no idea what outcomes were going to be. <laughs> well, <laughs> and here's the thing too. I mean, you had, and it's a yogic principle, but to that non-attachment to outcome, right? Like that feeling like I'm going to do, like, I'm just following the Lord, like, and, and saying yes to him. And so he's going to, he's going to make the outcome and whatever that is, but you didn't have an attachment to it. You weren't desperately trying to get this because I think sometimes we can get so tied up in our own agenda and being so attached to the outcome that it doesn't work. Right. We're trying to do it in our own strength. Um, but I love that you were just sort of open and you were just saying, okay, I'll, I'll do the next right thing, you know, and that, and that's really important. We talk about that a lot in um, team. Yes. Is, you know, you don't know what to do 10 steps down the line and you don't know what's going to be happening next year. And we know that more than ever right now in our coronavirus situation, but really it's taking the next step and maybe even pivoting the next day. And maybe even, you know, saying, you know, that thing I just tried didn't work. You know, maybe you make a phone call to a publisher and they say, no, I mean, how many authors do we know have written, you know, had been denied like 20 times rejected. And then that 21st time they were right. So it's that, that tenacity and that resilience to say, all right, if I still feel like the Lord's calling me, I'm going to try again. I'm just going to do that next thing. And being brave in that moment to just like hit send on an email or make a phone call. And then you're just so surprised. Like you said, that glass ceiling has gone because then the Lord just takes that your willingness and is like, boom, like with it. It's so cool. Yeah. Totally. So encouraging. Totally. And that's but, something really unpacked in the process of writing my book because it, the whole book, um, You Are My Beloved, Discovering the Grace in Identity and Original Design, he showed me this incredible unpacking of what grace looks like in our original design, what grace looks like in our identity in Christ, how to partner with his grace and hear his, hear his voice and his heartbeat over each one of us, hear um, the permission that it is that he, that he woven within us of who we are in him. And that is a beautiful place of this plans and purposes thing. It's not a striving place. It's literally uh, this deep seated space of surrender, release, and then also activation. And so this place of grace, what he showed me, and it's written in my book numerous times, you read it, you're going to hear it all over the place, is God always meets us exactly where we are. He's unoffended. He knows everything all, already. He will always meet us right where we are. The moment we give him that yes, he will meet us right there. And he will always breathe into that space he will he will come fully as himself and he's a spacious god and so he creates enough space in that very moment where we literally can lift our gaze and he then empowers us not to stay 
He empowers us to come closer to his heartbeat. He empowers us to enter his presence even deeper. He empowers us to then also activate and move from where we are to the next thing, whatever that is. And that next thing could be just simply in our identity, in the freedom we have in Christ, in the in the permissions that we have to be. Can we talk about permission? Because I think it's such a beautiful concept. And I think that so many women struggle with um, not knowing that they have permission, not feeling that they have permission to be uniquely themselves, the way that God designed them in their original design. And I've even struggled with that before where there's a certain way maybe a woman should behave or a certain way a mother should behave or a certain way a Christian should behave or, right, we have these parameters that we think and even our personalities, like there have been times in my life where I felt like I was too much. Hmm. Um, other women maybe have felt like they were not enough. And so it's that permission to just be who you are, exactly where you are. And he doesn't need you to get, he doesn't, this can make me cry just saying it out loud, but he's not going to love you more when you get better. <laughs> he's not going to love you more when you are meeker or or more extroverted or whatever it is that you're trying to be or that you think is the ideal he's yeah. saying just meet me ex just i need you to do you because that's exactly how i made you and nobody else can be you on earth and i have a plan for you that no one else can fulfill so for me permission is the breakthrough it's like when even when you just said and i remember when i learned this for the first time that God is not offended by you. Mm -hmm. That yeah. blew me away. It was, it was like water for my soul. I was like, oh, that's so powerful to think that like he doesn't offend me. So my favorite picture of Jesus that I have is him laughing. Mm -hmm. And I see him that way. Like, because that's how I relate to him. Like we talk and we laugh and I think he just has that personality with me. Whereas other people may have a completely different vision of them. And the permission piece is that it's all okay. Mm -hmm. Like the way you relate to him is okay. Like he sees you and knows you and loves you where you are right now. And you have permission to be where you are right now and not always think that the reward and the love and the grace and all of it comes when you're quote better. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much to that. Oh my gosh. There's so much to that. That is, that is, um, the heartbeat of God's original design. Everything you just unpacked is the heartbeat of God's original design in plus so much more in that he doesn't make mistakes, right? He didn't, he's not haphazard. He is not disintegrated. He is not different than he was at the very beginning of time as he is today or as he's going to be tomorrow. There's nothing about God that um, is flawed or um, hazardous, chaotic, yeah. chaotic, any of those things. So here's what's so beautiful about that. When we, have, when we let that God love us so unconditionally, when we let him come into our space, when we let him come and breathe, literally breathe fresh breath <laughs> into our lungs, just as he did for Adam, when we let our very DNA 
come into a place to be loved well. Let our mind be renewed in Christ. Let our heart just be healed up and loved beyond measure. We then, out of there, comes this flow of permission. It's that space, though, that cultivates a place where we can actually exhale into who we are in Christ. Mm. That place where our original design takes a moment to sit down in a good way and rest a minute and go, I don't actually have to prove myself. I don't have to do the too much, too little thing. Right. I don't have to receive the banners that have been spoken over my life by someone else or ones that I've placed there myself. Mm-hmm. I don't have to pay the cost of all of my sin. Jesus did that. There's so much in that. Yes. And when we, when we receive all of that truth really deep within our spirit, heart, mind, soul, and strength, when we really allow that healing salve literally to cultivate that new thing within us, we then start getting this incredible, not only glimpse, but reality of who we are from the beginning, um, who Christ is from the beginning, and therefore who we are in Christ. As these image bearers, that's where our permission just is like free. It's free. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to prove it. (laughs) We don't have to work hoops to get it. No, we don't have to good Christian ourselves to death. We don't have to shit on over ourselves, you know? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all of it. Just all of it. And that's, I think, yeah, may may the listeners hear that. The love of God, the love of Christ, that beautiful place where all of it just intersects. And out of that comes the overflow of who we are purely because of who he is. And so that's so good. And I love too, that you, you talked about, you know, there's surrender and release, but then there's activation. And I'm big on this because I do believe, you know, that he does empower us. And you said like, he empowers us not to stay, like, don't stay stuck where you are. Don't stay where you grow, become more like me. And there's a tendency, I think sometimes in Christianity or in Christian circles or just in people I've talked to before where there's this sense of like, well, God will, God will do it all and God will do it all. But sometimes God's telling you to get up off the couch and do something. (laughs) Sometimes God's telling you to make a phone call. Sometimes God's telling you to walk across the street and shake your neighbor's hand or talk to your neighbor, like offer to serve, whatever it is. And so there's this activation piece, that activation piece is really important to me because I do believe that we can't just sit around. There's almost like the sin of laziness mm. is, is also in play where also there's the sin of trying to control and trying to do everything on your own and achieve. So there's these two things, right? And so it's like the fallacy of the hustle and then kind of this um, giving up of your dreams too and almost like not taking action. And, and he wants us in the middle of that. Like he's like, no, no, no. Like there is the surrender and the release first. He's the power. He's the source. But yet he's given you these gifts, talents, and treasures, and you can activate those things. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh. So much sense. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So much sense. So coming, uh, the heartbeat of my book of our original design. So these seven redemptive giftings, they come with an activation. They come with God's heartbeat within each one. They come with the permissions of each one, the opportunities of each one. They also come with places that just draw us to be so beautifully dependent on the Lord, right? None of it is outside of him. And so there's that exactly what you're talking about, this surrendered space, but also activation. God is not always passive. He's very active. So if we are in, um, 
in his image, we know full well, there's going to be places where he's asking us to humbly pause. And there's going to be places where he asks us to humbly activate. And so knowing that, know that we are made in his image, know that there's places within us that he has planned and purposed. Therefore, there's, there's, some, there's some beautiful co-laboring to do. Yeah. There's the creativity to do. He's a creative God. Of course, he's made us creative. He, he's always on the move. And therefore, you know, it's wonderful if we have all these ideas and entrepreneurial heartbeats um, cultivating over that. It's just now asking, knowing who we are, this normal place from the beginning of our talk look for our normal but also then now look of how we can ask the Lord to take the throne of our heart in that space and then also partner with when he says move move and when he says pause pause but yeah. let him tell you what to do in those places because lots of times there's that false humility of going I'm just gonna let the Lord do it right. he will absolutely do it and I'm going to just wait here until he does Mm -hmm. And he's like, come co-labor with me, you know, come with me. I want you to, I want you to partner with what I'm up to. Um, there, there's something I say in here numerous times too, of, um, you know, we want to catch God's breath so we can catch our own. Mm. There's that place where we're like striving, whether we're rest, like pausing or whether we're active, both of them are kind of strivey at the heartbeat underneath them. So exactly what you're talking about, that heartbeat of maybe, um, you know, super striving or, or apathetic, lazy type feelings or, or realities, both of those take a lot of work to maintain. And right. so notice that if we're finding ourselves in those places, um, those are just invitations. All of it is an invitation. God's a God of invitation. So no matter where we find ourselves in that process, um, it's an invitation to not only get to know God better, to know ourselves better, but also get to know his voice so you know where he's at and then just follow him right there. Partner with him and do what he's doing. Um, that would be my greatest encouragement over it. And there's going to be seasons where it's quiet because he's cultivating yeah. something in you. And that's not going to make a lot of sense sometimes, nor will you probably have words to describe it at times. Um, and so those are super places of uh, cultivating a, such a deep intimacy and dependency on the Lord. And then there's also going to be these places where God's asking you to move and it's not going to make sense all the time. You right. might not even have words for it all the time, but he's asking you to move. And so again, both of them take great faith. And they so that is trust, right? You have to trust when you're waiting. You have to trust to be that you're, if you're trying being asked to be patient, you, patient, you trust in him. But then if you're asking to move, you trust in him as well, because that can be super scary. Super. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So tell me about, so you made some calls and then did it work out right away? Like you, a publisher said yes, or how did it work? So um, in the publishing process, I discovered there's three types of publishing. So there is self-publishing where you take um, full-on self-publishing, where you take your own project, you go to a printer's, you have it bound, you have it printed. Now you have your own project that you could sell, give out, whatever you're going to do with it. Um, you don't have any distribution but yourself and what you arrange after that. Then there is um, uh, professional self-publishing, also called industrial publishing, indie publishing. And that there is the author still owns the project, still owns the book in this case. Um, and you hire a publisher and you get all the professional 
items. So you get um, proofing and you get design, you get all the pub, like it's a professional piece sell, sold in stores. Uh, they look after distribution and um, uh, the actual printing of the books and sending that out. Okay. Manufacturing, there's my word. So they look yeah. after manufacturing distribution. Uh, so you become partners with them basically. Um, and that, that relationship continues on until the author chooses not to continue. Then there's also professional publishing where a publisher will purchase that project from the author and then they are in control of that project and they give commissioning to the author for the rest of its days, right? Okay. So, um, so there's that initial purchase and then commissioning. So what I did was I, I chose the middle road. I chose the industrial publishing, the indie publishing, because I wanted to own it. I wanted to keep it. It's like, you know, it's, it's like a child in that you've inve I've invested so much that I wanted the creative control. I wanted to know, I wanted, it's a beautiful cover. My son-in-law yes. painted a beautiful painting beautiful. Um, for this. And I wanted to be able to choose those things. I wanted to choose, I, I have the heart of the book. Like I got God's heart over it. Mm -hmm. And so to me, font mattered. And the yes. feel of the book, literally the paper is a choice. <laughs> like everything yes. about it was in line with God's heartbeat, like literally. And I wanted to be able to bring that to the book. And the only way I could do that was, was being able to still own it and make those choices with the publisher. And so I chose a company that um, does indie publishing. And uh, we carried on. And because, again, my own personal process, if you study redemptive gifting, I'm a mercy. Mm. And so as a mercy, my spirit hears everything before I feel it emotionally, before I understand it in my mind. My spirit gets downloads. Um, and then I just hold it with the Lord. So, you know, my verbiage around things comes from that heartbeat of my original design. So it's okay if it doesn't make sense to everybody in that um, uh, you know, lots of times we'll hear God in our mind first or in our heart yeah. first, emotion first. Mine just happens to be in my spirit first. So anyways, fast forward, mercy, as a mercy, I wanted this heartbeat of God over this book, in this book, so that everybody who reads it experiences it, not just in its word, but literally in holding it, whether, you know, ebook is available too, but even, you know, in holding yeah. it and, and just participating with the book itself is is just an extension of God's heartbeat. And so I wanted to be able to bring that and honor that. Um, that was just, just a beautiful choice that I was able to make. That's and so awesome. that, that's what we did. And um, it took me a whole year, <laughs> almost yeah. 11 months to do the whole process. I'm pretty sure it doesn't always take that long, but because like I said, I hear things in my spirit first. And I'm at a place in my own personal walk with the Lord that unless he moves me, this is just where I'm at now. Um, I want to be where he's at. So unless he moves me or gives me the go ahead to do something, I'll just sit and wait, not in a place of stillness. I'm still in my spirit. Um, it's very active, this place. Right. It's pursuing his heart, listening for him. I want to know where he's moving and then I'll move to that place. You know, that kind of thing. It's very... Um, it's fantastic. I personally love it. Um, and that's where we're at. So I, I really sat with each portion of process and, and just really invested in a place of God's excellence 
over it, not a place yeah. of perfection, but just a place of God's excellence over it and just feeling like it's ready to go. And once I had the, it's ready to go, then absolutely surrendered it, moved to the next stage. And so um, my publisher was very uh, beautifully kind over that. And uh, they were, they totally worked with me and my timing and all of that good stuff and, and excellent. They were excellent. So, so that's you, you being in Canada, is this like a Canadian publishing company or is this a U.S. publishing company or is it all the same? Like, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, um, they're everywhere. They okay. literally are everywhere. But I went with a Canadian one. Okay. Um, although, although uh, the distribution is all American. <laughs> so yeah. interesting. So that it's a great cross border and both and all. And so, okay. it's, yeah. How yeah. did the distribution happen in the marketing piece? Like, was that up to you? Or again, was it kind of half and half? Did they take a, a lead in that? They, so the deal that I have with them is they, they create it. So they print it mm -hmm. um, and manufacture it and then they will send it out. So it is currently in a place of print on demand, although you can order as many as you want. Um, and so that just cultivates an opportunity to um, do it in real time. And so depending, like if, if, if someone in the U S orders, when, orders the book, it will be printed in the U.S. sent from that location. If someone orders in Canada, there's also a manufacturer here that they use, and it will be manufactured and sent here. And so that is how it works. Distribution, awesome. we have um, a deal with Barnes & Noble, uh, Chapters in Indigo, which is Canadian, and then also Amazon everywhere across the planet. Literally all of them have it. Yeah. Um, and then the actual publisher called Friesen Press, they also have a bookstore and it's available in their bookstore. So it's available online everywhere and these awesome. ship right to your door. Yeah. So totally. tell everybody just so they know if they're listening and they want to know, can you tell, so you can get it on Amazon, which is going to be the easiest way to get it now that we're all social distancing in this moment. Um, and, um, Tell them like how to find, not only, okay, so the book is You Are My Beloved, Discovering the Grace and Identity in Original Design. Yeah. Um, you are Wendy Landon. And then how can they reach you if they want to learn more from you? Like what else, like what are you providing online? Because I, I know that you have like an online presence and maybe they would want to connect with you. What would be the best way to do that? Do you have a website? Absolutely. I would love that. Uh, yes, I invite everyone come on over. <laughs> I would love to talk with anybody um, who would like to continue this conversation. And I am at youaremybeloved.ca. Um, so just notice it's .ca. Uh, that, again, that's Canada and .com is US. So .ca being that I'm Canada. So youaremybeloved.ca. Also um, Instagram, Wendy S. Landon, L-A-N-D-I-N is on i'm on instagram as well as facebook wendy landon uh feel free to reach out in all of those areas there's lots you'll see on my website there's a few things going on there um awesome. you can join me in different in different places and different ways as well absolutely i would love it awesome because it's such a beautiful book and i know people the way that it's written you know you're doing one you're doing a devotional a day and you're kind of like sitting with it and processing it, but how cool that they could reach out to the author and like connect with you. I think, I mean, that's rare, you know, we don't always have that opportunity. And I know this will just move people. It's very beautifully written. It's very, it's like talking to a friend, um, the way that your voice is in it is very, um, it makes it accessible 
Mm-hmm. And I love that because I think um, at least a lot of times when I've talked to people, if they weren't, if they didn't grow up reading scripture and they didn't grow up maybe knowing the Lord, it's, it can be quite intimidating yeah. to kind of dive in. Um, but this is so friendly, I guess is the word I would use. I don't know. Hopefully you take that as a compliment, but it's yeah. very much like a re- just talking to a friend or having a friend kind of explain things to you. Um, the vo- your voice in it is just, I love it. It's so comfortable. Thank you. Oh, I received that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I've, heard, I've heard that from a few different people mm-hmm. and that that was just so intentional from the Lord, what he cultivated in me, because that's how I came to the Lord is yeah. this beautiful conversation between friends and, and the, just the wonderful invitation. It's not about, you know, religion or um, cultivating rules. It's literally this opportunity to engage with the heart of God. And may we be curious about that. And what does it mean to be loved by the God of the universe? And what does it mean that he's intimate and close? What does it mean as we're looking through scripture? Was that just for then or is it for now? And all of these wonderful questions that you could ask a friend. And, yeah. and that, is, that is totally what God wooed in me and uh, cultivated in me to share. So That's I love awesome. That. Oh, well, I'm so happy that you came on and I don't want to let you go without asking you your four questions. Cause I know I gave you some <laughs> warning and I'm like, I want to hear what she's going to say. Love um, so what is a book that you love? I, I would say right now outside of my own, um, although I will say <laughs> I have to share this. So as I'm reading my book and I find this fascinating, you know, only God can do stuff like this. Yeah. So I have spent so much time with this material and so much like a million hours getting to where this thing is today. Yeah. And yet God invites me in to read and it's fresh today. Well, I like, saw you posted like yesterday or something. You're like, I just read this again. And it was like fresh. And I think that's so awesome. Like the layers of it, the way that he keeps revealing new things. Absolutely. And that's the beauty of the word of God is that it's living and breathing today. So no matter how many times that we visit a scripture, God will always meet us right where we are. He will always encounter us in that moment. And he will always invite us to that deeper place that he is. And so that is that I would say that's my favorite book. And then of course the Bible is like right on its heels. No, it's actually first. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also, also everything by Arthur Burke. I can't tell you. I was just like, I just read and read and listened and read. Like I was just savage about it. It was really wonderful. I was just ferociously um, taking it all in. So huge fan, huge fan. Yeah. Well, it's very, very exciting for me. I don't know everybody or every book, but like I grew up, my mom's a reading teacher. My parents owned a bookstore. I grew up devouring anything spiritual too. So I have like shelves full of all different things, not just Christian books, but everything. And then the yoga training and all of it, you know, you think you've come across a lot of authors and you've heard, or at least heard of people. And this is brand new to me and I couldn't be more excited. To me, that's like a gift like just to say here check this out and then I'll go down my path on that and I can't wait to talk to you more about it so I appreciate that so much awesome okay so what's a movie that you love Uh, I this is just sweet and close to my heart this has been my favorite from the beginning of time um, and that would be Anne of Green Gables I know (laughs) oh it's just sweet and I just think I loved Anne because she was so present to her whole life she felt every emotion. She, she was just present to her process. And I think that's what I love about her. And so, yeah, I would say Anne of Green Gables. So good. I love that. <laughs> and then who is someone who inspires you? 
oh gosh, I could talk about this forever too. Just so sweet. Um, two people came to mind immediately. Uh, one would be my grandma. And she is, if she was still here with us, she would be in her 90s already. And this woman, not only was she sweet as my grandma, but she was an inspirational woman. She, she gave me such, without knowing she did it, she gave me such a heartbeat over what it means to be an empowered woman, not in the way the world says. Here she was, like I said, she'd be in her 90s now. She went to college. Like she broke the molds in what stereotypical was, and yet she loved her family. She got married. She had nine children. There's a million of us grandkids and great-grandkids, and on it goes. And so heritage and family and cultivation was huge for her, which also just speaks of honor um, in such profound ways. Yeah. And then also she was very entrepreneurial. She always had business. She, you know talk about cottage industry. Um, she also was in places of leadership in her community as well as in um, being able to go out and educate others. Like she, she yet she was a home mom. Like the yeah. whole time she was entrepreneurial, she was still at home raising kids and doing, doing all the wonderful things that she had such passion for. So she just spoke layers of what it means to be a full woman for me, mm. what it meant to be an empowered woman, what it meant to be my fullest self. And I adore that about my grandma. She was my favorite. And then the second person that inspires the crime out of me <laughs> in the most best way <laughs> is actually my daughter. She is 23 years old and she has passion and she has um, just this, this deep seated place of identity so rooted in who she is in Christ that she's able to activate into her fullest self and her normal, her very, her very self is very passionate, is very driven to do the things she knows that she has such a heart for um, and and such a forever learner and I love that about her as well and, and uh, she loves her husband profoundly and she runs her business and she's um, leading others like there's just so many layers to who she is already and that inspires me to my very core mm. I, I adore her beyond my own breath you know it that's so um, beautiful too that you start with your grandma and you have your daughter and just the generations of women yeah. you know, pouring into each other yes. and that you're seeing the fruits of that with your daughter is so rewarding. Mm, yeah. I could At say. such a young age, 23, she sounds really, really put together for 23. I have a 22 year old and a 20 year old. So we're not, we're not quite there yet. They inspire me and I love them, but um, you know, you, I think you even mentioned she has a husband already. Like she sounds a lot more kind of rooted at this point. <laughs> it's all good. That's their own beautiful process, right? Yes, yeah. I for love sure. It. All right. So, and then the last one was, what's a good piece of advice you've been given? Mm, I love that. Two things came to mind instantly. One came from my grandma and she said, she said, Wendy, when opportunities come, take them. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's from that seated place of this open-handedness that she was talking about, though. So she wasn't about striving for opportunity. She's like, if, if God's brought it to you and he's brought your attention to it and he's inviting you to it, take it. That's his, that was her message. That was her heartbeat behind it. Don't let your own flesh disqualify you. Oh. Don't let your own insecurities disqualify Wait, you. Wait, say it louder for everybody. 
I don't know. let your it's... own flesh disqualify you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Don't talk yourself out of it before you say yes to it. Don't yeah. do that. If God, God brought you to it, not only will he bring you through it, but he'll also do something profound that he had planned from the beginning. So that's what grandma was saying as she's like, when something comes, Wendy, take it. Don't, don't disqualify yourself. So coming from her, that, that moved a mountain in me. It reminds me of that song. I can't remember who sang it, but you know what I mean? Um, where she says, I hope it's called, I hope you dance. Yeah. It's so good. Like, right. Like just say yes, just go, just do, do it. Walk through the door, take the opportunity. Right. So good. Amen. And you know, honestly, if some, if we fall on our face and any of those kinds of things, or somehow the door closes, once we've said yes to it, it doesn't mean it's a loss. That's it right. just means we get an opportunity to learn something. Yeah. But, you know, if we didn't take the chance. If we didn't give it a yes, we, what did we learn? Right. Like I always say that there's no such thing as failure or we need to redefine what failure means. Really. It's just learning. Yeah. It's just, we've learned something new and, and we won't know it, where to go if we don't take action. <laughs> so, you know, there's that whole, so I love that she said when opportunities come take them. I love that. Yeah. Was there something else? Was there another, um, word of yeah. wisdom okay yeah that actually came from my uncle when i was um raising kiddos i i was it was an interesting season where i would ask families who i um admired and ask them for one piece of wisdom what did you learn by raising your family what's something that you would tell a next generation so i became super curious about that oh, because i love it yeah like if we can learn from someone else then let's do that <laughs> i so, hope you wrote this down did you write these down no, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. shoot. Okay. <laughs> I didn't have to do that. It was just smart enough to ask. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I remember it. It stuck to me again like glue. It literally uh, was a trajectory changer. Uh, we chose to homeschool our kids all the way through. So this was just a really profound moment where my uncle said to me, Wendy, you will always get more than one opportunity to teach the same thing. <gasps> That's mm -hmm. so good especially right now like if all these families if you're hearing you're raising your babes and you're like oh my gosh i failed my kiddo didn't get it why are we back here again yeah. all of those things it's just an opportunity to go okay here's another layer that you can lay down for your kiddo and or for yourself right we will okay. always have more than one opportunity to learn the same thing there is grace there is mercy and and yeah we're still god's very good idea and so are our kids and so oh amen i know a lot of moms are struggling right now having a homeschool when they didn't really plan it or choose it but they're just you know they're in this position now where they're having to do a lot wear a lot of different hats and so that's a good word for them that we don't have to figure it all out in one day either right and God's the same with us. I mean, how many times has he, you know, he keeps bringing me back to some of those same lessons. I, I might've learned by now, but he doesn't get sick of me. Like he's like, okay, he's going to teach me again. Right. There's lots of opportunities for him to teach me those lessons. So I appreciate it. Well, you have been awesome and this has been so much fun and I appreciate you taking the time just to be with us today. Thank you. So glad to be here. And, and I do think, Thank all listeners. Reach out to me. You are my beloved. Ca. Reach out on social media. Go grab a copy. They're available in ebook, soft cover, and hardcover. So yeah. However you want to get it, it's available everywhere. I would be honored. Awesome. Thank you so much, Wendy. I appreciate it. Oh my gosh.
much. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks, Sue. May I just also say, Sue, thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for giving God your great big yes. Thank you for walking that thing out and, and always being in a place where you're like, Lord, I feel like we're just getting started, even when you're <laughs> 10 years in. That is such a sweet space, I, I believe, in our own walks. And for you to be able to share what it is that God's doing in you, therefore through you. So thanks for impacting our world. It's a beautiful mm -hmm. thing. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet.